0: Hello, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Batflip Crazy podcast, where you'll find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis. I'm your host, Toby. Really excited about today's episode. We're going to be covering some pitchers I expect to have strong second halves of the season. We'll go and do uh, pretty deep dives on Lance McCullers, Nick Pavetta, Carlos Carrasco, Kyle Gibson. And Kyle Hendricks, and then I'll touch on some honorable mentions—guys who didn't quite make the cut for the top five, but who show reasons for optimism in the second half. You can listen to us on iTunes, as you probably know, as well as other podcast platforms. Um, The podcast is still new. I'm not sure quite how long we're gonna refer to ourselves as a new podcast as long as it uh, is, uh, is helpful and keeps expectations low, I guess. But would love it if you enjoy today's podcast, if you've enjoyed previous episodes of the podcast, go to iTunes or your podcast platform, give us a five-star rating, write a nice review. We greatly appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy and the blog is batflipcrazy dot com this is going to be again an exciting episode really deep diving deep into some of these guys uh who i'm really excited about for the second half so hope you share share my optimism and um yeah let's get this party started all right before we get started with lance mccullers wanted to talk a little bit about the process uh, that I use in looking at kind of some of these guys that I expect to improve in the second half. This isn't just a process that I use at the midpoint of the season, but one that I'm kind of consistently using throughout the season to identify folks. Uh, Some of this will be familiar for folks who have been listening to the podcast in some of the tools that I've shared before, but really just a way to identify folks who have been you know, either unlucky or who have some changes in their skills uh, that may indicate improved performance moving forward. So for the process, I started out by um, taking a look at skill leaderboards over the last 30 days. So just going over, hopping over to fan graphs, taking a look at the Plate Discipline tab, looking at swinging strike rate. Uh, that's always my go-to first one. Over the last 30 days, look at K minus walk rate, uh, O swing, some of the ERA estimators. And with the ERA estimators, what I'm looking for there is guys who maybe have strong ERA estimators, you know, so your FIP, your XFIP, your Sierra, but whose performance doesn't match that, right? Guys who theoretically have been unlucky. Now we know that just because you under or overperform your ERA estimator. It doesn't necessarily reflect luck. Only there are actual reasons why that happens, but um, that's just something to kind of start compiling a list of guys that I wanted to want to dive into uh, a little deeper. In addition to that, I also go over to xstats.org, as folks who listen know, is one of my favorite sites and greatest inventions. And then I take a look at the x xoba or xwoba. over there, so the expected weighted on base average for pitchers, and then I compare that to their actual weighted on base average, so their actual WOBA, to look for gaps where people are, um, you know, underperforming their uh, expected WOBA, so guys who may have, you know, um, who have higher WOBAs than their expected WOBAs would indicate. And this is just looking for folks who have generally been unlucky, right? Again, there are some exceptions, but when it comes to the expected stats in general, I trust uh, these and use them a lot when looking for, for uh, improvements in performance that may be coming down the pike. And then in addition to that, I also look at exp- ex- expected WOBA um, leaderboards at Baseball Savant. So just like I have shared in the past, like I do weekly, every two weeks, monthly, I'm looking for monthly, maybe every two months. Um, You know, are there guys who are looking really good on the expected WOBA leaderboards that I wanna take a deep dive uh, on? Again, this is kind of like a filter that I use in order to um, identify guys that I wanna look at more closely because just looking at any individual skill is not gonna get get the full picture for you. So uh, really using it as a filter Um, Obviously, the things that I'm looking for as I dive deeper into folks, you know, is um, strikeouts, walks, generally, right? Um, Balls in play are bad. Base runners are bad. So I'm looking for folks with higher strikeout rates or higher strikeout ceilings, improvement in strikeout rates. Um, Contact is dangerous, as we know, uh, in baseball right now, Um, even though home runs are down a little bit this year. Uh, Folks are are definitely doing damage, hitting the ball harder. So uh, trying to look at at folks who are minimizing the number of balls in play and who are keeping base runners off the bases by limiting the number of walks. So that's just a general sense of the process, things that I'm looking for. I may also look at, you know, obviously batted ball profile. If folks are putting the ball into play, are they generating a lot of uh, bad... Uh, ground balls like dribblers or pop-ups, automatic outs um, that'll help uh, compensate uh, for maybe the lack of strikeouts. So that's a little bit about the process uh, that I go through in order to to uh, identify uh, the pitchers that you are going to hear me cover in a second. Now, first up, we are going to take a lo- look at Lance McCullers of uh, the Houston Astros. So looking at McCullers' season line so far, He's got 112 and a third innings pitched with a 3.77 ERA, a 1.15 WHIP, a 19, and 119 Ks in those 112 and a third inning. He's got a 16.5% K minus walk rate, which is about two percent, two to three percent above league average. So, across the board, a pretty pretty solid line uh, form of colors. Obviously, expectations are always high for him. But the good news is, is that he has thrown a lot of innings. Injury is always an issue for him, so that is something that's good to see. When we take a look at the ERA estimators for McCullers, they're generally in line with what he's produced so far. He's got that 3.77 ERA, 3.63 FIP, a 3.48 xFIP, and a 3.64 Sierra. So not too far off, pretty much in line there. Uh, form of colors, uh, which, is, which is fairly good news. I mean, the 377 ERA obviously may be a little higher than we would want. But overall, the package is pretty strong with that solid whip at 115. Taking a look at the skills, the skills are very nice. Um, at least the, the strikeout skills, um, 13.2% swinging strike rate, uh, well above league average. A 31.9% O swing, about 2% above league average. His first pitch strike rate is a career high at 58.7%. It's still slightly below league average, but um, good for McCullers. His 39.8% zone percentage is about 3% three, three to 4% uh, below league average. So he's not throwing pitches in the zone as frequently. But that zone rate, it's not inherently good or bad to have. I mean, you want to have something in the middle, right? Having a really high zone rate or having a really zone rate. Low zone rate is not necessarily something that we want. But remember, we want to look at the zone rate in addition to the O swing, right? Because you don't have to have as high of a zone rate if you're getting people to chase pitches outside the zone, which McCullers is doing at a rate slightly above league average. When we take a look at the BABIP for McCullers, um, kind of diving into a little bit of, you know, oftentimes they're considered kind of luck factors, but I think we know enough now that they're not. Uh, they're not entirely luck driven. There's a lot of skill that goes into them as well. But BABIP, he's got a 268 BABIP, which is well below the league average, and also well below his career average of 312 and his expected BABIP of 303. You know, So we may be expecting some regression here for McCullers in the second half. His left-on-base uh, rate or strand rate is at 70.5%, which is about 3% below his career average of 73.3%, and also um, below league average by about 2%. So overall, you know, maybe a little positive regression on that strand rate, nothing too crazy though. It's, it's well within the normal range. And in that Babbitt, we may expect some negative regression. Now, the reason why McCullers makes the list is the skills recently are just really intriguing, really exciting. So over his last five starts, again, the outcomes are pretty solid. But they're not, you know, terrific. Uh, Thirty innings pitched, a 3.6 ERA, a 103 WHIP, very solid there. 38 Ks in those 30 innings pitched, which is terrific, and a 21.8% K minus walk. So across the board, compared to his season uh, season stats, his stats in his last five starts are uh, better. When we dive into the skills over those five starts is where we get um, some really interesting uh, things happening. Some of them good, some of them not so good. Uh, 16.2% swinging strike rate is terrific over his last five starts. That is, uh, can't remember exactly, but it's either top of the league or number two in the league over that uh, stretch over the last 30 days. He's got a 34.6% O-swing, well above league average, about 4% above at league average, which is great. mean means he doesn't have to throw as many pitches in the zone, getting folks to chase, get bad contact if they do make contact, uh, get some swinging strikes if they're swinging and missing, and also helping to mitigate maybe a little bit of that um, high walk rate that we often see with McCullers, where it it hasn't been so good recently is with his control skills, 50.8% first pitch strike rate and a 34.5% zone rate. So both of those are really low. The first pitch strike rate is about 10% below league average. And that zone rate is about eight, nine percent below league average. Again, the O swing is going to compensate for some of that, but that's a very low zone uh, zone rate. Now, one of the reasons why this is happening for McCullers is that recently he's been throwing 53.8% of his pitches as curveballs um, in his last five starts. Now, this corresponds with the dramatic increase, not dramatic, but solid increase in both swinging strike rate and uh O swing but it also corresponds with that decline in the command so um you know or not not command control right we're talking about about walks here um and so that is that is definitely something to think about another benefit of the increased curveball usage is that that pit uh, is that he's got um his ground ball percentage up to 59.2%, which is really strong, and then the soft hit rate up to 22.5%, about four percent above league average. So the batted balls, uh, the quality of the batted ball that he's been giving up during this time is also, um, you know, pretty low, uh, less dangerous um, uh, types of batted balls, which you know I think is probably reflected there uh, in the WHIP a 1.03 despite the lack of uh, control that we've seen from McCullers recently. Now, the curveball continues to be a strength for McCullers. It's got uh, opponents have a 78 uh, WRC plus against it, so below league average, a 265 WOBA. It's generating 17.1% swinging strikes and then 43.2% O swing. Again, we see that in the um, in the recent skills, his changeup has also been a really good pitch this year. Actually, better than the curveball on a on just a uh, purely you know skill base. Uh, 15 WRC plus on that pitch, a 171 WOBA, and a 21.2% swinging strike rate, and a 40% O swing for that changeup, which is awesome. The only challenge with that pitch is it only has a twenty-six percent zone rate, which is a uh, major uh, issue. Um, obviously, uh, that is uh, that's very low. Now he's getting a, a high O-swing on that, but that's still a still a very low zone uh, zone percentage. Now, um, he's he's in the past. McCullers has been able to throw um a high number of curveballs over 50% of curveballs while maintaining a decent uh while maintaining decent control uh, skills you know first pitch strike and zone now again he's not he's below league average in general but not this bad so the reason why i'm really intrigued by the skill set here and the um the outlook for McCullers in the second half is we have these—he's uh, throwing his his better pitches more, and we see this—you know—dramatic increase or really strong increase in strikeout skills. The control metrics have dropped, but we've seen in the past that he's able to maintain better control metrics even when he's throwing that um, that curveball a lot of the time. And so I can see I can see the control metrics improving, um, while the strikeout um, well the strikeout metrics stay the same. And if he's able to do that, you know we could really see him take off here in the second half. So the upside from McCullers is is huge, right? We've always known that, and I think we're seeing that in the skills uh, more recently. And the good thing about McCullers is, you know, generally when he pitches, even when he's struggling, the results aren't terrible, right? He'll have a bad outing here and there, as we've seen throughout this year, but over the, over the, over the long term, you know, you're going to get a decent uh, ERA, a decent whip, and good strikeout numbers, um, even when he isn't pitching at his best. And so I don't think the floor is that low, Um, as long as he stays healthy. But, um, you know, so you don't have too low of a floor. You have the really high upside of those strong strikeout skills and the possibility of those control metrics increasing. And so for that reason, and because I think people have started to sour a little bit on the colors because they haven't gotten that um, elite production quite yet, uh, I think he's a guy, if you don't own him already, you may be able to get him Cheaper than you could some of the higher skill arms um, that we often think about. So he'd be somebody that I'd be targeting uh, in a trade. Um, if I have him right now, I'm definitely holding on to him um, a lot. Um, so that's, that's a little bit about Lance McCullers, a guy that I'm really excited about for the second half uh, of the season. Next up is Nick Pavetta. I covered Pavetta on episode eight of the podcast and Dove uh, did a deep dive on him there. So I'm not going to get too uh, deep on him. Um, so far this season, Pavetta has a ninety six uh, has thrown 96 in a third inning, 458 ERA, 132 whip, 113 strikeouts in those 96 innings pitched, which is great, and a 20.1 percent K minus walk rate, about seven, six and a half, seven percent above league average. ERA estimators, um, you know, they really like Pavetta, uh, 458 ERA, 375 FIP, 340 XFIP, 344 Sierra. A lot of that is because these metrics are based on league average For balls in play, so that the elevated BABIP of 329 that Pavetta has is driving some of that as well as uh, the home run um, per fly ball rate. So, where um, the ERA ERA estimators are going to expect regression there. When we take a look at the skills, 11.9% swinging strike rate above league average, 30.6% O swing, about right even with league average. And then he's got great control skills, 63.2% first pitch strike, 47.2% zone. Now his BABIP, he's got a 329 BABIP, which aligns with a 331 career BABIP, and his expected BABIP is actually worse at 345. So whereas those ERA estimators are expecting Pavetta to regress towards league average on BABIP, uh, the metrics right now are showing that that... um, that based on his performance so far, that shouldn't be happening. For home runs, he has been unlucky. 14 home runs he's given up this year, 9.6 expected home runs. So hopefully we see some positive regression there in the second half. His left-on base rate, strand rate, 71.8%, 68.9% over his career. Again, it's a short career, so we don't have a huge um, sample to deal with there. His WOBA is at 319, uh, and his expected uh, uh, Woba is at 306. So, again, expecting a little bit of positive regression there. Over his last five, it's pretty ugly for Pavetta. 17 innings pitched, 6, uh, 688 ERA, a 194 whip, 19 strikeouts, a 13.1% K minus walk rate. The whip and the ERA are are pretty hideous. At this point, you may be asking, so why exactly are you? Uh, expecting that second half, um, that strong second half, and that is a great question, which I'm about to get into in a second. One of the reasons is that the skills for Pavetta, as we as we covered, are are strong. Right, he's got really good control metrics, and then uh, you know the strikeout skills are pretty good too. So over the last five, you know during that time when he's really struggled, he's got still got a 12.7 uh, swinging strike rate. 29.9 uh, o swing, still about league average. His control metrics are down a little bit: 56% first pitch strike, 45% zone, and he's giving up a 392 BABIP over that period of time. Now, the reason why I'm high on Pavetta is because I think that there is a simple um, switch that he can make. Um, to dramatically improve his performance, and I think we've seen this already throughout the season and even in his last start, and that is keeping his four-seam fastball under 50% of pitches. 50% seems to be the magic number, but his four-seam fastball is a terrible pitch. It's got a 150 WRC plus, so batters are hitting 50% above league average um, on, uh on that pitch it's got a 393 woba against and a 378 Babip. now you know the one redeeming quality of it is it does have a high swinging strike rate at 9.4 percent for a four seam fastball but the thing that i want you to key in on is that 378 Babip. because when pavetta is throwing that um four seam a lot you see his Babip shoot up and you know he's got two really good breaking pitches that he should be throwing more and when he does throw those his performance is much better. Now one thing about his curveball 57 WRC plus 241 WOBA against it's got a 354 BABIP against as well and so he's really got two pitches that are driving that higher BABIP but it also induces a 15.9 percent swinging strike rate and a 41.3% O swing so when folks put it in play they're doing a little bit of damage but they're not putting it in play uh, as often now his slider is his best pitch and one of the other concerns I have with with Pavetta is that he's throwing that slider a little bit less it's got a 10 it's got a 10 WRC plus 170 Woba 211 BABIP, a 17% swinging strike rate, and a 36.4% O swing. Um, the sinker isn't very uh, very good but he has pitched his best um, starts when he's when he's mixing it in with the forcing fastball. So there may be a pitch pitch mix thing going on there. So <laughs> for Pavetta, the key is, and when he keeps that forcing fastball under 50% of his pitches, he has been terrific. You know, he's kept the ERA in check, the whip in check, he's got great control, he's got great strikeout stuff, um, and, he's, and he's managing that BABIP. So I think with that small little change, Pavetta can really have a strong second half. Now, betting on him to maintain that pitch mix is definitely... <coughs> a risk, right? We don't control um, whether Pavetta is gonna do that. <laughs> and he's gotta make that adjustment in order to for him to be successful in the second half. So what I might do is, for the next two starts, monitor that four-seam fastball. If you want to, you can monitor my Twitter feed because I'm definitely gonna be monitoring it and tweeting out about it. And if he's if he's keeping that, <laughs> excuse me, four-seam fastball um, under 50% of pitches, Um, that'll see the swinging strike rate um, increase you know if he does that for a couple more starts in a row then I would definitely buy in the only challenge is is that his performance will probably be better and it may drive up his value as well but um, alternatively you know you can take that risk uh, right now if you're desperate for pitching and hope that Pavetta makes that change I think that the Phillies are a smart organization I think they'll eventually um, you know uh, solidify that pitch mix at a lower forcing fastball rate, throw that uh, curveball, that slider a little bit more often, and that we'll see a better second half out of Nick Pavetta. All right, next up we got <clears throat> Jamison Tyum. I'm really hoping I make it through um, all five of these guys tonight. For the podcast, as you can tell, if you've been listening the last couple episodes as well, I have a little bit of a stingy cough that's just been lingering around. And one of the challenges of rocking the solo pod is that it's me talking a lot, and which I apologize for. Um, and so it's kind of it's wearing me down a little bit, but hopefully uh, I'll be able to power through here, only cough a little bit, and you'll be able to understand. Uh, what I am saying. So the next guy up is Jamison Tyone. Um, 106 and a third innings pitched so far this year. 391 ERA, 122 whip, 102 strikeouts, and a 16.5% K minus walk rate. So slightly above league average there. ERA estimators are all a little bit below that ERA. He's got a 361 FIP. 357 xfip and a 373 uh, sierra so all of them seeing some uh, positive regression for tyone Uh, again 391 era the skills are pretty solid uh, 10.1 swinging strike rate Um, swinging strike rate is key for tyone his right now is about league average Uh, one of the reasons why or at least that i believe um, he hasn't Um, been able to take that next step is that low swinging strike rate. Prior to introducing a slider uh, in May, which I'm going to get to in a second, um, he really didn't have a knockout pitch. Um, And so he was generating a lot of uh, balls in play, which made him susceptible to um, BABIP and also kept that strikeout rate low. Uh, It's at 10.1%, that swinging strike rate, which would be a career high. But it's actually been going up really quickly, which is, which is good news. He's got a 31.9% O-swing, which is slightly above above uh, league average. 63.2% first-pit strike rate, 3% above league average, and a 45.6% zone rate. <coughs> when we get into his BABIP, he has got a 295 BABIP, uh, which compares to a 315 career BABIP and a 295 expected BABIP from Xstat. So uh, looking solid there. From a home run perspective, he's been a little lucky. 12 home runs, 13.3 expected home runs, but nothing major there. Strand rate, um, 73.8%, which is with his career strand rate average. One thing to note about Tyone, just with you know, BABIP and kind of batted ball profile overall, is that Tyone, one of the benefits to him is that he does generate a high percentage of dribblers. So 29.6% of the batted balls he gives up are dribblers, which are those bad ground balls. And that is about 5% above league average, which is great. And when you combine that with his pop-up rate, which is uh, a little over 14%, 43.9% of the balls in play against Tyone are either uh, dribblers or pop-ups, so um, pretty bad uh, batted balls, which is a fairly um, you know fairly solid number there for uh, Tyone. In his last five starts, uh, Tyone has thrown twenty-eight and a third innings pitched. He's got a three eighty-one ERA, a one twenty-seven WHIP, thirty-two strikeouts. Uh, 19.2% K-minus walk rate. So we see that K-minus walk rate higher than um, his season average, and we see those Ks. He's he's got more than a K per inning um, over his last five starts, which is which is really good sign for him. The skills is are where it gets pretty exciting. <coughs> for Tyone, 12.3% swinging strike rate over his last five games, 27.9% O-swing. So he's getting folks to chase. Uh, On pitches outside of the zone, um, less, and that's because he's throwing actually his four-seam fastball more and his two-seam fastball less. Um, And the four-seam is really the only pitch he has that has a low uh, o-swing on it. He's got a 65.8% first-pitch strike and a 48.1% zone rate. That's (coughs) really good, uh, limiting the uh, limiting the walks with solid control there. now, Tyone has four strong, um, strong pitches that he can go to. Uh, he's got the uh, his sinker, um, his slider, curveball, and change, which are all um, have WRC pluses under um, 100. Uh, the key to turning around his season, though, has really been the introduction of his slider on May 22nd. It's fairly well chronicled, I think, in fantasy baseball circles, but. Um, it really gave him a a knockout pitch that he's really needed for a long time. It's got a 19.6% swinging strike rate and a 51.9% O swing. Both of those are really great numbers. Now, earlier in the season, Tyone started out really hot, and I warned about um, some regression that was likely coming because the skills just really weren't supporting what he did in his first few starts, and obviously that came. And at the time, you know, it was probably one of the the tweets that I got the most heat for uh, when I put it out there. But um, at the time he really lacked that knockout pitch and that's where the slider has been so beneficial to him. And really the only reason why I see his second half being really strong is that he now has, he now has that pitch. He's thrown it now for a couple months. And so hopefully he's learning a little bit more about how to sequence pitches how to use it, what counts, where to put it. And, and, and I really think that that now that he's getting more comfortable with it, that I think we'll, we'll see him thrive in the second half. Now, I had, I had mentioned this just a second ago, but prior to introducing the pitch, he had never had a pitch before this season with a swinging strike rate above 11.7% in any season. His curve at 11.7% last year was the highest rate. Now, this year's curve is up to 13.5%, which is great, and I think that's likely the result of the introduction of his slider because he's now got those two breaking pitches that he can go to, and if you look at his month-by-month whiff rates uh, on that curve, he's got two of the highest uh, whiff rates on that curve um, in the last uh, in two of the last three months since he's developed that slider, so that's great. So. To wrap this up, um, Tyone Slider gives him that knockout pitch that he's needed. His swinging strike rate (coughs) is continuing to rise um, to be among the league leaders, actually, at that 12.3% over his last five games. And so he already generates poor contact generally. And so I'm really expecting a strong second half for Tyone um, with it pushing his K per nine close to or above A strikeout an inning which would be uh, terrific now Tyone is also a guy (laughs) if he has a strong second half you know I'd be looking at um you know in next year's draft I know it's you know it's too early to talk about next year's drafts but he's a guy because he had a little bit of a rough first half where the end numbers may not really reflect uh the new talent level and skill that he has and so that's one thing to consider in the very back of your mind right now so jamison tyone another pitcher i like heading into the second half fourth up we have carlos carrasco of the cleveland indians now i just realized that i'm actually doing a deep dive on six pitchers instead of the five So just ignore everything that I said previously about this. There being five pitchers, there's definitely six. Um, So Carlos Carrasco, 102 and two-thirds innings pitched. This year, a 412 ERA, 117 whip, 112 Ks in those 102 and two-thirds innings, 21.1% K- minus walk rate, which is uh, very good, about close to 7%. Above league average, ERA estimators like Carrasco a lot more than his line so far. That 4.12 ERA, he's got a 3.43 FIP, 3.37 xFIP, and a 3.35 Sierra. So they're all pretty much uh, in agreement that there's some positive regression coming for uh, Carrasco. What's awesome about Carrasco is the skill set or uh, the skills. I mean, they're they're awesome. swinging strike rate, 35.9% O swing, 66% first pitch strike, and 42.7% zone. Now, what's interesting is that the skills are actually better. Those those skills are actually better this year than uh, Carrasco had last year when he had his best season so far. Swinging strike rate is equal. He's increased his O swing. Uh, by about 5%. His first pitch strike rate by about 3%. The zone rate's down, but with that O swing uh, increasing so significantly, that's not much of a issue or concern um, for us. Now his Babip is at 313. Uh, he's got a 305 career Babip, and um, X Babip for this year, according to XStats, is at 313, so seems about right. He has gotten a little lucky on home runs. You know, just by one, 13 home runs given up, uh, 14 expected home runs. Left on base, strand rate, 72.1%, 72.9% for his career. So things, you know, in terms of the BABIP, the home runs, and the strand rate, everything seems to be uh, generally in working order. Those skills seem to be really strong as well <laughs> Carrasco has um, started to turn it on a little bit of late in his last five starts he's thrown um and this does not include the one inning uh pitched that he threw um right before the all-star ba- break at 25 and a two-thirds innings pitched he's got a 316 era 117 whip 37 strikeouts in those 25 and two-thirds innings which is awesome and a 31.1% K- walk rate, which is totally awesome. That is great. In the last last five games, in terms of skills, he's got a 14.1% swinging strike rate, 36.9% O-swing, 66.7% first pitch strike, 42.6% zone. Again, either at or above where he is for the season, And all really strong skills. I mean, swinging strike rate about 3.5% above league average. O-swing about 6% above league average. First pitch strike around 6% above league average. Those all look terrific. So Carrasco's skills, as I mentioned before, are virtually identical to last year when he had a career year. And in in a lot of ways, they are stronger. Now, the one area where he struggled is with some of his go-to pitches. For instance, his changeup. Uh, it still generates a lot of swinging and miss. It's got a 22% swinging strike rate, but it's also been hit hard compared to previous years. It has a 115 WRC plus this year. And that's <coughs> up from a negative 14 WRC plus last year. So one of the best pitches in the game last year. Um, and so that's a little problematic, you know, the changeup though, as I mentioned, it's still getting a lot of swing and misses. Um, some chase as well. And then his slider, um, you know, it's not as good as last year, but 94 WRC plus 290 Woba, 23% swinging strike rate and a 50% O swing. So he's really got two knockout pitches, um, you know, boosting up that, uh, that K percentage, which is great. And then when we take a look at his batted ball profile, it's fairly similar to last year. He does have a little bit of an increase, uh, 1% in hard drives. Um, which brings him up to a league average of 11.7%. He's also seen a 3% increase in pop-ups, though, you know, at the XStats batted ball profile, and those are those pretty much automatic outs, fly balls and pop-up infield flies that are pretty much automatic outs. Though his value hit rate, so that's kind of like the equivalent of barrels, but for the way XStats calculates it, and that's at 2.3% um, increase to league average at 9.5%. And he is giving up 2% fewer poor hits, so like bad um, batted balls. So there is a little bit of a fluctuation there in um, Carrasco's uh, batted ball profile, which is why you may see the uh, slightly elevated uh, BABIP from last year. But still, there aren't any major swings that would point towards a dramatic increase in ERA. His whip at 117 is still um is still strong overall and he's striking batters out and so I really think we're going to see a <coughs> um a very big drop in ERA from Carrasco. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the in the low 3s um for the second half uh, at a, at a minimum. Um if you remember last year he also improved as the year went along. I think of all the pitchers I'm going to cover Carrasco is probably the guy that I'm most confident is going to have a strong second half. It's important to remember in the second half, the Indians will be playing against a lot of AL Central opponents, and they actually have the best or the worst strength of schedule, I guess, the lowest strength of schedule of their opponents. So I believe it's either 44% or 46% win percentage of their remaining opponents in the second half. A lot of games against the Royals, the White Sox, the Tigers. So pretty much every Indians pitcher is a pitcher that I want to have in the second half. Uh, Carrasco is a guy, though, that I think when you look at the skills, when you look at the pass production and the similarities this year between, um, between last year and, and even before then when he's always been a really strong pitcher, I think we're going to see a really excellent uh, half from uh, second half from Carrasco uh, this year. Next up, we've got the highly controversial Kyle Gibson. Now I know very clear lines in the sand have been drawn throughout the fantasy baseball community on Kyle Gibson with many folks um, loving Kyle Gibson and a lot of folks refusing to believe now i since the end of last year have been a believer in kyle gibson he's probably one of the pitchers that i own the most and so obviously in general i've been pleasantly surprised by the production uh, that he's had so far this season 115 and two-thirds innings pitched 342 era 123 whip 114 k's and those 115 and two-thirds innings and a 14.1% K- walk rate, right around league average. ERA estimators see some negative regression for Gibson in the second half. Uh, He's got a 379 FIP, 381 XFIP, and a 407 Sierra for that 342 ERA. The skills have been solid, though. 11.8% swinging strike rate, about 1% above league average. 33.1% O-swing about 3%, two and a half, three percent 3% above league average. 58% first pitch strike rate, slightly below average, about 2%, and then a 34.9% zone rate, which is about 8% below league average. Obviously the 33.1% O swing will help compensate a little bit for that low zone rate, but that has definitely been an issue for Gibson. I think if there's any hesitation I have about Gibson, it is that, um, it is the walk Uh, it is the walks, it is the control. And so that's one thing that he does have to uh, manage a little bit. The BABIP is at 275. Uh, He's got a 305 career BABIP and his ex-BABIP is actually at 309. So a little bit of negative regression expected there as well. He's got uh, 12 home runs on 10.9 expected home runs. So a little unlucky there. Strand rate is at 77.2%, which is... (laughs) Uh, above his league a- his career average of 71%, although I think we can agree, even if we can't agree on how good Kyle Gibson is, or that we can ag- agree that he is a much better pitcher than he was previously in his career when he was really among the league worst. Uh, 291 Woba with a 309 expected Woba. Again, you may be sitting here thinking, all right, there's a lot of regression coming or the... the um, A lot of metrics point toward that. Why on earth would he be somebody that you're excited about in the second half, Uh, Toby? Well, I think, first of all, um, I'll get into his last five games, but I think for Gibson, you know, the value is still so low. He's got this stigma attached to him for a lot of fantasy owners where they just really don't believe in what Gibson is doing, and they don't believe that he's going to do anything positive moving forward. So if you're thinking about in deeper leagues, especially in 15 team leagues in 12 team leagues, you know, replacement value is, is close enough where he's not somebody you want to, um, target too hard, but in deeper leagues, he's the type of guy that, you know, he's throwing innings, he's getting strikeouts and he's not hurting uh, any of your ratios. He's a guy who, um, you know, could really be, um, a key addition to your uh, fantasy rotation. Over his last five games, he's got 33 innings pitched, 382 ERA, and a 136 whip, 33 strikeouts, a 16.4% K- walk rate. Now, the reason why I'm optimistic about Gibson is is the skills. Over his last five games, he's got a 13.5% swinging strike rate, a 37% O swing, both well above average, 60% first pitch strike. So he's throwing more strikes and the 35.2% zone rate. So it's still (laughs) well below league average by about 8%, but he's got that O swing about six and a half percent above league average. That's helping to compensate for that. And he's also getting ahead of hitters much more than he has, um, about 2% more than he has over the course of the season. Now, um, one of the reasons why you see these skills improving is that Gibson is, has started to fade his fastballs. Over the course of the season, he's thrown 58.4% of his fish pitches have been fastballs, 25.8% four-seamers, and 32.6% sinkers. But over his last five games, it that's down about 4% to 54.5%. And over his last three games, it's down even further to 50.3%. Uh, so down about 8%. So why is that important? Well, Gibson has tremendous off-speed and uh, breaking pitches. His slider has a 27.3% swinging strike rate and a 44.5%. O swing, it is one of the best sliders in all of baseball, and he started throwing that a little bit more recently. His curve has an 18.6% swinging strike rate. It doesn't generate as many O swings at 31.6%, but still a solid pitch that gets a lot of widths. And then his changeup has a 17.9% swinging strike rate and a 47.2% O swing. So essentially, you have Kyle Gibson with three pitches that are generating um, swinging strike rates of 17.9% or higher, which is awesome. And he should be throwing those pitches more. Essentially, he has two and a half, maybe three knockout pitches that he can use. Now, his four seam is really the only ineffective pitch that he gets, that that he has. It gets knocked around real good at a 151 WRC+, 377 WOBA, and a 341 BABIP. And his <coughs> his sinker is actually pretty effective. A 110 uh, WRC+, 318 WOBA, 270 um, um, uh, BABIP, and it's got a better swinging strike rate, O swing, and zone percentage than his four-seamer. So if he can maybe up the, the sinker a little bit, more than the the four-seamer, um, you know, that could also potentially be a benefit. Again, you know, I'm not nearly smart enough to know a ton about pitch sequencing. I can certainly identify which pitches seem to be better than others, but obviously these pitches are working together in different ways, and so it's not just as easy as throwing this pitch more, throwing this pitch less, but it seems like based on the skills that Gibson is finding a pitch mix that is more conducive to the swinging uh, swinging and miss stuff uh, we know he has. So with that better pitch mix, and again, pitching against a weak AL Central um, moving forward, uh, the Twins have the third best um, uh, schedule remaining of all American League teams. So Gibson should have uh, a good set of opponents to face down the stretch. Hopefully, this pitch mitt sticks. And so, I think with that combination, I think he can at least um, repeat what he did in the first half, if not improve on that, despite what we see in some of the numbers pointing towards regression. Those are based on his first half skills. And I think, based on what we've seen recently, that we are going to see better skills in the second half. So, Kyle Gibson, a guy who doesn't, um, isn't. Uh, considered that valuable by most fantasy owners, so maybe a good target for a trade. If you're in a shallower league, he may even be on your waiver wire. Um, make it happen. Look for uh, look for Gibson to have a strong second half here. Our sixth and final deep dive on the pod today is going to be Kyle Hendricks. Now. Like Nick Pavetta, I covered Kyle Hendricks in great detail. I think it's episode five. Just look through the episodes and you can get a um, the deep dive, but I will give you another one right here. So in 110 and a third innings pitched, Hendricks has a 392 ERA, a 120 whip, 83 strikeouts in those 110 and a third innings, and an 11.4% K- walk rate. So nothing there, especially for... What we've seen from Hendrix in the past is, is uh, very good. The ER estimators do not like Hendrix though they normally don't like Hendrix. He's got a 457 FIP, a 409 XFIP, a 433 Sierra um, on that 392 ERA. Now it's important to note that Hendrix is one of these guys who routinely outperforms his ERA estimators um, and he does that by about um, a half a run. So over his career he has about a half run uh, differential in terms of being better than his ERA estimators, So they may not be the best uh, indicator to use in terms of looking at poor performance and what we can expect. And that's because he generates uh, very low BABIPs uh, historically. So uh, in terms of skills, um, 8.8% swinging strike rate for Hendricks so far a 30.7% O swing. So the swinging strike rate, uh, about 2% below league average. O swing right in line with league average. We're gonna get to the O swing in a second, but that is really the key for Hendricks and his success moving forward. He's got a 63.4% first pitch strike rate and a 43.4% zone rate. So uh, above league average first pitch strike, about league average zone rate. On the BABIP, he's got a 263 BABIP this year, 272 career, and a 298 expected BABIP um, according to x So according to x he's been lucky this year, and we would expect some regression. In terms of home runs, he's been pretty unlucky this year in terms of home runs. 17 home runs given up, 13.9 expected home runs, so hopefully some positive regression in the second half from there. His left-on-base percentage is at 75.5%. It's at 77.2% for his career. It's 306 WOBA, Um, he's got a 317 expected WOBA, so again, some regression expected there from XStats. Now, um, over his last five starts, it's even grimmer than the season. Uh, He's got a 26 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's got a 506 ERA, a 135 whip, 19 strikeouts, and 9.8%. K minus walk rate, well below league average. Nothing there looks very good. Now over his last five games, the skills are slightly improved, at least the strikeout skills. Um, 9.1% swinging strike rate, 31.8% O swing, so the O swing is on the rise. A 58.9% first pit strike, so that's actually down from his season numbers, and a 44% zone rate, which is right about in line but when you take a look at his last 3 games that's when you really start to see the skills changing and improving. He's got a 10.7% swinging strike rate, 35% O-swing, 62% first pitch strike rate and a 44.6% zone. So we can see in the skills in the last 3 games that we are that we may be starting uh we may be seeing Hendrick starting to uh turn the corner. Now Hendricks has a history of struggling in the first half of seasons and making adjustments mid-season and riding the ship in the second half. His career ERA in the first half is three fifty-two, and his career second-half ERA is two sixty-one. So nearly a full run less. I covered this in the earlier podcast, but there was a great article in the Athletic that discussed the changes that um, Hendricks knew that he needed to make and the 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 biggest change he pointed to was in his command so keeping his sinker uh, down in the zone uh, which both limits the quality of the batted balls that are hit against him but it also increases the effectiveness of his changeup his changeup plays off of that sinker and so when he's getting a a high percentage of o swings swing on that that changeup that's when he's at his uh, most effective, he's getting folks to chase um, this the uh, changeup down and out out of the zone um, because he is spotting that sinker uh, low in the zone. Um, so the good news is is that according to Brooks Baseball, when we look at pitch location, um, he is um, uh, he has been locating that sinker lower in the zone recently, and his O swing. Um, as we've seen, is up as well. So <clears throat> so it seems like Hendricks is making those adjustments that he had de- identified and, and knew that he needed to make. We should see some uh, home run for, put to fly ball regression in the second half, as we saw with the uh, 13.9 expected home runs to 17 home runs in the first half. So he's been a little bit unlucky. I trust him to make the adjustments, he's done it before, and we've seen him put up some really excellent half seasons, um, some in the low twos, uh, even one in the mid ones in terms of ERAs. So I fully expect that Hendricks will right the ship, that he will get those ratios super low, so a really low ERA, a really low whip, and I think we see that the swinging strike rate is starting to improve, and so I think we can also see a decent number of Ks um, with that. It won't be a K per per nine, but if we can get it up to eight, eight and a half uh, Ks per nine, I think we'll be really happy with that uh, to go along with the ratios. Hendricks, because of his season long line and a recent struggle uh, in his last start against the Padres, you may be able to get Hendricks on the cheap. So he'd be a guy that I'd be looking to trade for. Um, and... Uh, if you have him on your team, definitely uh, be patient. He should, you know, especially you know, if he can get that ERA down, playing for the Cubs, I think you'll also see him uh, get a decent number of wins um, because of you know the strength of that team and the strength of their bullpen. So Kyle Hendricks, a guy I would be looking at as a, a serger in the second half. For the last little bit of the pod, I'm going to just cover some honorable mentions. So these are guys who are headed in the right direction. I think they're going to have strong second halves. They didn't quite rise up to um, the top six for one reason or another. Some of them are just, you know, actually really good pitchers and felt weird to include them in second half surgers since they're really good pitchers. Um, And so some of them are those and then others are kind of deeper league um uh folks um who I think may uh, may be worth a flyer. So the first guy on this list is Trevor Bauer. Bauer's obviously been excellent this season and the reason why I have him on um the honorable mentions is I really believe that Bauer moving forward is gonna be one of the top pitchers. Um, even a top five pitcher. When you think about um you know the guys who are at the top there you have your sale um, you have your Scherzer, you have your Severino, um, you have your DeGrom. I really put Bauer in that mix at this point in time. I think even with uh, for Kershaw and Kluber, I think I'd rather have Bauer uh, for rest of season season than those two guys. Um, the reason I th- I think you know obviously we know about Bauer's process. Um, he put so much time. And effort into being the best pitcher that he can, and he's seems like he's just working with a different set of information than a lot of pitchers at this point, and I think that gives him an advantage. And you see it in the skills throughout the the season. Um, his skills have improved over his last five games. His swinging strike rate is above thirteen percent. His O swing is above thirty three percent, and he's got that those control metrics solid as well with a sixty two percent. Uh, first pitch strike. He's going to be going up against very weak competition in the second half. I just really love Bauer, and I think he's a guy who, because of his personality, people may still be underrating. So if you can, um, if you can use a, a, a name or um, you know uh, upgrade to a Bauer or target him in a trade if you really need pitching. I would I would do that in a second. Covered Jordan Zimmerman on the um, latest waiver wire podcast or the waiver wire podcast from a couple weeks back Uh, take a look at that if you want a deep dive on him but he's got two legit breaking balls that he's throwing more his curve and his slider they're both excellent pitches he's got great control which has resulted in a really strong k minus walk rate as well as a really low walk rate in general keeping that whip down I think he just needs to stay healthy Uh, obviously he had an injection I think in his neck It's not scheduled to miss any time, but that's worth monitoring. He was not as good against the Rays as he had been previously, although he he did get babbipped a little bit. I do like Zimmerman moving forward. James Paxton is another honorable mention. You know, everything is there for Paxton. Over his last five games, he's got a 16% swinging strike rate, a 36.6% O-swing, 70.5% percent 1st pitch strike, 47.2% zone rate, and a 29% point four percent k minus rock rate those are all well above average numbers he's doing awesome but the era is 423 over that point in time it seems like paxton this year has just had amazing skills but he just hasn't been able to keep that era as low as it really should be and so as long as he looks good after he comes back from the injury scare he's supposed to come right back in in the second half it's supposed to be um, a minor issue not a major one and not an arm issue, which is great. Um, you know, he's definitely worth, uh, a buy low you know, in terms of, uh, compared to what he actually is worth, I think, uh, in the second half. Tyler Anderson is a guy that I covered also on depth, uh, on that same podcast as Jordan Zimmerman. You know, the key for Anderson is, is he's developed a really good cutter. It's a great pitch and he started to throw it a ton more. It's 34.1% of his pitches over his last five games. Um, it's got a 15 point, uh, 15% swinging strike rate, 42.6% O swing and a negative 15 WRC plus as a pitch. And it's really, really helped to drive uh, his overall improvement. Over his last five games, 12.4% swinging strike rate, 31.7% O swing, 60.8% first pitch strike, solid zone percentage and a 22.7 K minus walk rate. Some of the, the uh, performance has been BABIP driven. He's got a low BABIP, I think it's like 240 uh, over that um, five game stretch, and it's even lower over his last three games. It's closer to 200. That's not gonna continue, but hopefully he can get out of this kind of uh, extremes that he pitches in where he pitches either really well or really poorly and hopefully you can get some more consistent performances and, you know, kind of zone in there in the uh, the low three ERA with a K per uh, nine and a you know, one two whip or something like that. The last honorable mention I will go into is Derek Holland. This is for much deeper leagues. He's definitely worth a stash over his last five games, which include one start and four multi-inning relief appearances. He's got a 15.7% swinging strike rate, 35% uh percent O swing 76.8% first pitch strike and a solid zone percentage that uh all results in a 27.6% K minus walk rate. He's got two pitches, his slider, his two breaking pitches, slider and his curve have both been excellent this year and even in his starts in his last five starts, he hasn't give he hasn't given up more than 3 earned runs. He's got a couple where he hasn't given up any runs um and then I think you know, one with a single earned run and one with two earned runs. He's really just been great. Jeff Samarja uh, has gone onto to the DL, and so he is out of the picture uh, temporarily and obviously has struggled throughout this year. I think he may get a chance uh, to pitch in the rotation, especially since I don't believe in Andrew Suarez or Derek Rodriguez in the long term. And so hopefully Holland can get back into that rotation. And if he does, he's definitely kind of a... Uh, a guy not to sleep on who might be able to provide uh, some fantasy production um, for you in the second half. So those have been honorable mentions. Um, that is it for um, all of the pitchers that we're looking forward to watching in the second half. There are certainly other guys that I think will be, will be great in the second half, but these are some of the, some of the folks who stand out uh, for me. Well, that is going to wrap it up for episode 11 of the Batflip Crazy podcast, where we covered uh, second-half pitchers uh, that I like a lot. Lance McCullers, Nick Pavetta, Jameson Tyone, Carlos Carrasco, Kyle Gibson, Kyle Hendricks, and then in the honorable mention section, Trevor Bauer, Jordan Zimmerman, James Paxton, Tyler Anderson, and Derek Holland. We really hope you enjoyed Uh, This episode did a ton of research, um, on these guys. And so hopefully that will pay off with, um, with me being correct on these. Um, so we'll see, uh, for tomorrow, I am going to have the podcast for uh, second half hitters that I like a lot. So stay tuned for that. If you liked this episode or if you didn't like this episode, maybe give us a second chance and. Uh, listen to the, the to the one we put out tomorrow. Uh, again, as usual, thank you so much for listening. There's a ton of fantasy baseball podcasts out there. There's a ton of great content. Really appreciate you listening uh, to this podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at Batfoot Crazy, and the blog is batfootcrazy.com. On Instagram, we're also at Batfoot Crazy, and on Facebook, it is Batfoot crazy fantasy so check us out on all of those spots you can go to uh, the link tree in my twitter profile to see a link to all of those places too all right that's enough of me talking really appreciate it thanks for listening best of luck with your fantasy baseball endeavors